Hello and welcome to this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. We, we are excited today, Bubba, because uh, one, one of our dear friends in the industry, one of our brethren uh, here at Blaze, Glenn Beck, will be our guest today. And Rick, we're so glad to have Glenn. We're a fan of his and uh, we just, uh, we, we love listening to you and your guys, Glenn, when we can, when we can. Of course, we're on at the same time in some places, so but Glenn, welcome to the Rick and Bubba podcast, Rick and Bubba University. Thank you very much. Now, Glenn, I, will I get a diploma after? Well, Glenn, we'll be the judge <laughs> of that. We're the professors, and right. uh, and we we all hand right. out okay. these degrees mainly in common sense, which I know we've all agreed now has become a superpower. But so let's oh. let's talk a minute about uh, ExpressVPN. Now, now all of us, man, we are all binging and content, especially during uh, the pandemic. Uh, but ExpressVPN can unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries because, you know, you, you're limited when you, like, say, Netflix, you go, you're limited to what your country has and what time it's available to you and how you can access it. But if you're stuck at home right now, in only a matter of time, uh, you can actually use ExpressVPN to binge on what UK Netflix is showing, Japan Netflix is showing, uh, and ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. So you can choose from almost a 100 different countries. So think about all the Netflix libraries that you can go through, but it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason we love ExpressVPN to watch the shows is it's so fast. There's never any buffering or lag. You can stream in HD with no problem at all. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, your phones, your media consoles, smart TVs, you name it. You can watch what you want on any personal device. So visit the special link we have right now, expressvpn.com slash Bubba. You don't put the and in this time, just Rick Bubba. You can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show. Watch what you want and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash Rick Bubba. So, Glenn, anything been going on? I mean, uh, anything new? Yeah, here's what I want to say. <laughs> I want to live your life. I mean, I, I, I have VPN because I don't want people tracking me. I don't want, I don't want my information taken by these big companies and I had never thought of it as I can watch shows from all over the world. Yes. I want to live your life. Yes. I want to live your life. <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. You shall. All right. So let, let's Glenn, t- I'm kind of hoping people will track me and reply to email that I don't have time. to. Hack <laughs> <laughs> on. So, so Glenn, we discovered you years ago. And the first time that I heard you guys doing what you were doing, you know, cause you always get sometimes delusional when you think, does anybody approach this business the way we do? We're a bunch of guys hanging out. Uh, we do all the inside humor. We hack on each other. There's no better place than for a member of the team to to have something that the rest of the team can make fun of. And all in good fun, it's just like, you know, all growing up. It, it, our show, we say, where Seinfeld was a show about nothing, ours is a show literally about anything. And uh, I remember the day I found you guys, and, I, and Bub and I were talking. I said, there's a bunch of guys that are hanging out. And, and I said, I'm telling you, if we were in the room or they were in the room with us, it, we would all be getting along beautifully. Have you heard this Glenn, Ble- Glenn Beck thing? And um, so so what for some people who may not know, how did you how this all get started? Then we'll jump into some of the big topics. I just uh, I you know, I grew up doing what you guys do. I mean, I, you know, in the days of the morning zoo, I did a morning show and and 
like to have fun. I got into talk radio actually to mock it and make fun of it. And then somehow or another, I started taking it seriously and that all the fun kind of, <laughs> kind of came out of it for a while. Um, but, uh, uh, I, you know, I just, when people ask me, you know, what is the show like, uh, or what are you concentrating on? Uh, you know, I've always had the philosophy of when you're with your friends, when you're at your Thanksgiving table, you don't say, okay, we're only going to talk about these things. You, you talk about the, the weather and politics, you argue, you, you might scream and yell, you might cry, you talk about memories, you talk about TV shows, whatever is happening, that's what we're talking about. And, uh, and too many uh, shows get narrow cast. That's why I like you guys, because you'll talk about anything. Uh, whatever is happening is what we should be talking about, um, if you're real people. Glenn, I have to tell you, I think the first time I heard your show, you were playing, I think you called it Bonehead Trivia, where you would call the uh, folks. Moron the, Trivia. Moron, that's it. And it yeah, was yeah, at yeah. the, uh, it was at convenience stores of Story. teams and cities that were playing in the NFL yeah. that day. And I, yeah. I thought, man, this is, this is right up our alley. This is. Yeah, really no, good. it's, it's great stuff. You know, the problem was, is um, uh, when I went to work at Fox, I had so many people coming after me, you know, the, the moveon.orgs and the Soros Media Matters, all that stuff, uh, that, and they were taking everything I did out of context and right. using it to smear me. And we had to get rid of a lot of that stuff. Uh, and now I'm just, I just don't care. I mean, they said everything <laughs> yeah. and it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, think about it. We're, I tell people this all the time. We're dangerous now because we've made it longer than we thought. So, so, yeah. so, so now, I mean, we, yeah. we, we, don't even feel like, we don't even feel like we're risking anything anymore, but, but, right. but, but do you also think this too, back to the point a minute ago and Bubba's talked about this and I agree, I think it's not just because we've been fortunate enough to retain some audience because I think people like to live their life, as you just said, the way it's really lived. And you do talk about anything, you know, that was the first uh, epiphany for me when I was doing the morning radio stuff and trying to do my characters and all this. And one day I'm sitting on the deck at my mother's house and everybody's been over laughing. This is when we're just doing comedy. And everybody's been over laughing. And I'm like, why is everybody laughing? It's not because somebody's doing a character. It's not because somebody's doing a setup joke. They're laughing at what my dad said about what happened at Walmart. And they're laughing, yep. they're laughing about what my brother said about this movie that he saw. And and yep. and everybody's laughing. And, and I'm like, all right, so let's just talk about on the radio what we would talk about if we were just over at mom's. And yep. and and I think also though, there's been a therapeutic side of that for your team and our team that we haven't burned out because if I was just like you went through at Fox, yeah. if I got to the point where they said, you only talk about these topics because that's who we are. You only talk about sports or you only talk about politics or you only do comedy or you only talk about spiritual things. I think, I think we would all be done. I think it keeps us fresh too. Well, that's why I got out of talk radio. I mean, uh, out of morning radio um, is because I could not say I got to the end in the nineties I'd play a Britney Spears song and I just so didn't care. I'd say there's another super, super classic from what's her face. Uh, I mean, I didn't care about any of it. Uh, and, uh, and it was fun to listen to. I think if you, if you understood where I was, um, but uh, you know, I, I just had to talk about things that I wanted to talk about. Cause I do talk about 
I do talk about the Lord from time to time. I do yeah. talk about, uh, you know, my kids. I talk about, you know, obviously politics. I, I mean, I, I have a tendency of um, pissing somebody off every day because I, I am not a cookie cutter kind of guy. Neither are you guys. I mean, we just are who we are and we're all individuals. And everybody tries to program into these little boxes and that's what I think makes them predictable and stale. I like the term narrow cast, Rick. We need to throw that back. I'm writing that down. But you, have yeah, you that's have, a good one. Have you that's ever had this, one. though, in all fairness, you feel kind of bad for our sales teams? That's the only thing. Bubba and I, just being fully transparent, there's been times where our sales teams would say, if you would decide what you are, it would make our job easier. Uh, <laughs> when people ask us, what is this show? We don't know where to begin. It literally so, is, a, is a show about anything. That's, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Rick, that, that is, that's exactly. Count the, your people used to say to me when I first started, they would say, you know, are you like Rush Limbaugh? Are you like Sean Hannity? No. Well, what's your show like? It's like the Glenn Beck program. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and once you, once it is exposed, then everyone will go to the new people and say, oh, are you like Rick and Bubba? And they're like, oh, God, no, I'm like me. <laughs> right. You know, there is no box for great shows. Right. There's no box for it. You either like it or you don't. Well, yeah. Glenn, let me let me ask you this scenario. What if I had shown up to you in early January and I said, Glenn, you're not going to believe this. Well, in the next few months, we're going to have a worldwide pandemic. The U.S. economy is going to be totally shut down and the Congress is going to spend six trillion dollars trying to open it back up would you have thought i was, was alone or what in january i would have said yep in december no <laughs> uh but january when i saw this happening in china over the christmas holiday um i started to worry not about the pandemic i i right when i got back from vacation for the over the holidays i said that this thing is going on in china um, this looks really bad. I don't believe anything China is saying. Th this is going to spread. And if it does, it's not the number of dead that we're going to have to worry about. It's, uh, it's the uh, depression that is going to accompany it because it's going to shut everything down. Everything will be shut down. Um, and, and here we are. So in January, I would have believed you. But not December. L so let me ask you this. Let's let's go to the start of this thing because I want yeah. I want to really pick your brain on this. Do you think this just naturally occurred, or do you think it came from a lab? And do you think, or that it was an accidental escape from the lab, or do you think there was possibly something more diabolical going on? So um, you know they've they've narrowed it down that it did not come from the the market but it came somewhere very close to the market. Well, there is a lab right. uh, that is 300 yards away <laughs> from that market, okay? Uh, so that's pretty darn close. Um, we, have the, we have the video uh, from communist China uh, television in late November, early December, where they were showing these lab workers about 500 miles away from Wuhan in a cave going after the horseshoe bat, which is the bat that this virus comes from. 
in it, they were saying it's, you know, you can watch it on my website, but in it, they were saying, we have to be very careful. This is very deadly coronavirus. You know, we have to study it, blah, blah, blah. So they're gathering the samples. Well, they happen to be scientists 500 miles away from where they work at that lab that's 300, about 300 yards away from the Wuhan market. I don't believe, I mean, you could convince me, but I haven't seen any evidence. I don't believe this was um, uh, intentionally released. Uh, you know, if you've seen the pictures of the refrigerators or the freezers of this lab, my garage freezer has better seals on them than these do. I mean, seriously. defrosting, huh? Yeah. Oh, they're bad. They yeah, are bad. Look, just, just, you saw them? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I think it was unintentional. Uh, I think it was sloppy. Uh, and, uh, and China is responsible for the aftermath of it. So when you hear about this, this, you know, cause trying nowadays trying to figure out fact and fi fiction and propaganda and, it's 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 not an easy process. I can't tell you the number of times we've been in the middle of the show and go, oh, by the way, the story we gave you a minute ago just found out that's not true. You know, you right. can't trust journalism is over. Okay, over. I mean, it, it doesn't exist. So, but in this case, when when you when you look at this thing with China, did we not have state officials two years ago come back from the tour of this lab or one similar and say this is just this is a this is a pandemic waiting to happen. Uh, yes. their, their security measures are terrible. Back to the freezers again. And remember, don't miss what Glenn said. His garage refrigerator has a better seal. That's the one you yeah. put out there when it was when it's it's gone past yeah. its time. You That's use right. you you exactly move. You right. move. I'm not talking those Nancy no, Pelosi no, no. Uh, good industrial. No, 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 not those. I'm uh, talking cool zone or whatever they call. Yeah, it? I'm I'm talking one that still <laughs> says Sears on it. Right. That's yeah. how old the yeah. garage refrigerator. That's right. much different. And, yeah, much uh, and so did we not predict, didn't they come back and say, Hey, this is a concern. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is, I mean, this was foreseeable. It's, it's China's fault. Um, it is what, what gets frightening though, is a couple of things. I just did a special on event 201 and I urge you just Google event 201. Okay. Uh, it is, it was a, um, uh, symposium, a war game on a pandemic by the UN, the CDC, China, CDC America, all of the big banks were there. It was funded by, uh, of all people, uh, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, also George Soros and the UN. Uh, and they brought everybody together and they were looking for, uh, in past, past times, they've done this every year, and they've always been about global warming and how do we get these things passed with global warming? Well, this October, they decided to change that to a pandemic. And they said, let's war game a pig coronavirus uh, escaping from some third world country and, and we'll war game what needs to happen. So all of the things that have happened since, I don't think they knew uh, more than anybody else did, we've we've known event 201 means there's 200 viruses that come out and they come and go every year. And we can handle all of those. It's the 201st that you have to worry about. Um, and so we knew this. We've known it for 
decades that we were ripe for a pandemic um, crisis, we knew that Wuhan was in trouble. Uh, and so now let's not let uh, an emergency go to waste. What can we do to reshape the world? You'll notice the media is talking about new normals. When we come back, the new normal. We all keep saying, I just want to go back to normal. I just want to go back to work. The world has changed and intentionally socialist, communist, big governments uh, all around the world are intentionally restructuring all of society. You're seeing now the merging of high tech with the government of the United States. I don't know if you know this, but we now own a portion of all of the US airlines. We insisted, we'll give you the loan, you have to pay it back, but we also now want to become co-owners of the airlines. Where is that in the constitution? When did anyone decide that? That's all in this agenda that um, uh, was war-gamed before. And we're just going along like hapless little people. This is being used to the advantage of the extreme left that does not like uh, individual rights. And Saul Alinsky, this is right out of his playbook. And we oh, saw yeah. AOC come out this week and, and wanting workers to strike instead of going back to work. I mean, what a what great a time for a strike. Oh, this, this is, it's insane. Um, you're seeing them talk about this is the time for universal basic income. Uh, you know, in, in my book on chapter six, I outlined this very scenario. I didn't put a pandemic in it. Uh, I just said giant job loss from, uh, from the new um, uh, kind of tech industry that we have now where jobs are going to be lost in the next 10 years. But I talked about if there is a giant disruption of jobs, that will cause the stock market to go down. That will cause uh, uh, riots in the streets. You'll have people on the left and the right. And what the left will propose is that they start to merge to be able to monitor for your safety. They merge with high tech. And then they introduce the socialist utopia dream, which is modern monetary theory. Modern monetary theory is not modern and it is not, uh, it's not even a theory. It's no. a proven fact that it will not work. Uh, it's basically what the Weimar Republic did or Zimbabwe did um, uh, with uh, Mugabe. It's just money printing and don't worry about paying it back. These are the things that they did with the Fed immediately. We are already using modern monetary theory which is a death knell, death knell. Arguing with Socialists is the book that Glenn is referencing. If you haven't seen it yet, you haven't read it. And the good news is he takes on topics like this, but he does it in the Glenn way. You know, I always struggled <laughs> in school if the person that was trying to teach me valuable things wasn't very entertaining and he wouldn't use any humor or she wouldn't use any humor. I usually would drift away in the world of monotone when I saw my first squirrel out the window. So yeah. Glenn uses the way Glenn does things to talk through these things. And it's really a book based on the way socialists behave because there's a pattern. There's this pattern has been around for as long as it's existed. Right. And Glenn, that, that's the question. Why, when we have a theory that has failed over and over and over miserably, 
why do people keep, how does this thing keep getting recycled and why think, do people buy into it? I think there's a, a couple of reasons. First, let me talk to you about the average 25 year old. If you're 25 this week, I think tomorrow may be the anniversary of the bombing of the Murrah uh, building in Oklahoma City, right. okay? So I remember that. I remember what the country was like before and after, but that's, mm -hmm. if you're 25 today, that's when you were born. You probably don't even know what I'm talking about on that event. The first event that you might remember then uh, growing up would be maybe 2001 and mm -hmm. uh, the World Trade Center is coming down. And you'd be a little fuzzy, but maybe you remember a lot of tension. You remember people were afraid. Um, maybe your mom or dad lost their job or the, you know, the economy was disrupted. Uh, then your next big event that you remember is 2008. And what you would remember is mom and dad got screwed. They didn't, they lost their, all the money that they had in savings and the government bailed out all of the banks. Then the next event, you're now 25, is this one where everybody's losing their job. Mom and dad got screwed on their pension yet again. The stock market fell apart and the big guys got richer. Well, there's one reason why socialism seems good. You've never heard anything bad about socialism. They, they, they couch it in a way to where it's just sharing and it's helping people and it's making sure that the, the rich just don't keep ripping everybody off. Well, I got news for you. If I'm 25 and I don't know what socialism really is and I watch this system and I grew up with that, I look at my, my parents and go, I don't wanna live their life. They work hard, they play by the rules and they keep getting screwed while these guys keep getting rich. So there's the first reason. The second reason is, you know, Churchill said, if you don't have, uh, if, if, you, uh, if you're not a liberal when you're uh, 20, you don't have a heart. If, you do, if you're not a conservative by the time you're 40, you don't have a brain. Um, so it is, it's always the youth that lead this because they think it's something new and exciting and it helps people because we haven't actually told people, for instance, we think that communism is bad and socialism is like Sweden. First of all, Sweden is not a socialist nation and I've got a whole chapter on, Correct. on that. Right. Um, so it's not socialist, but socialism by definition is the dangerous one, not communism. Communism has actually never been done. If you understand that communism, according to Marx, is the utopia that they talk about, where nobody really owns anything, there's no bosses, everybody, everybody works together and piles their money in, and it's, it's great for everybody, and there's no countries or anything else. That's the utopia, communism. Socialism is the in-between st stage, or capitalism and communism. That in-between stage, you have to liquidate a lot of people who just do not believe that we can all live together and have this utopia. So in that in-between that in stage, you have to have a strong man. You have to have somebody who says, look, it's their fault. We could get to this if we just didn't have these people who just refuse to go along. That's where the trouble comes in. So we've flipped it. We've made communism the bad thing. That's like saying, you know, Jesus in the millennium. 
is a bad thing. No, that's going to be great. And that will actually happen because it's Jesus. Right. Communism is like the millennium, except it's run by Jesus, not man. When we're going to all be just giving our money and, and helping each other out during the millennium because it's Jesus. You're right. Yeah. Until that happens, you've got to have a gun and a powerful person backing it up. That's the real problem. Yeah. And, and you look at where we are right now in our economy. We must, we must start back. And, and I know that's scary because we've been told how scary it is. The data has downplayed some of the danger, but there's still a lot of unknown. And I, I heard you talking to Sean about this and we've talked about it a little bit on the show, but I really want to just, I want to just give you the ball on this because you were talking about what happened because we always think about we want to quarantine the older and we want to make sure that and we and I understand all that and the vulnerable and I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, all for it. Yeah, and, and and we should do that. But you said something that really resonated with me because there was a time when it seemed that parents they didn't even check up World War II, you know, uh you know the the, the great wars that we've always had, the, the depression where they would say take me for the betterment of my children and my grandchildren, if that be the case. Let me be the one who goes out and says, let's see what's going on out here. Or let me be the one that goes off and fights this war so it won't come here. And I may not come back, but I'm giving you a future. And you were talking about this, and and uh, you know, there's some things that you and I have had in common that we wish we didn't involving our children. And I know that you have you know a special needs daughter. And, and of course, I, when my youngest son uh, went to heaven at two and a half, and both, and you said this, if the doctor would have come in and said to you, we're not going to give this to Mary, it's going to be on you. You would have said, I'd rather take this on me than Mary. And, and yeah, without even checking up, yeah. same thing. I mean, I, I, what, what happened to my youngest son, it, I would have said, I wish that would have happened to me so he didn't have to go through that. But immediately. Yeah, that, with that, with no, but I'm not sure it's immediately anymore. Do, do we still have adults and parents that have that mentality? Yeah, I think we do. Yeah. I think the majority of Americans uh, feel that way. Um, they're just being told that they don't have to sacrifice. Um, they, they, that we can have everything. We can have it all. We can have safety and an economy. You know, you can have your rights and the right to never uh, be in danger. Well, that's not a right. That, rights are God-given natural rights. I have a right to defend myself. Why? Because I'm going to be in danger. I don't have a right to life uh, far as uh, living pain-free, living right. virus-free. There's nothing that can be done about that. So we have to defend ourselves. And when you look at this, the bogus choice, and it's, it's amazing. You guys have to watch that thing on, on Event 201. They even wargamed this. On the third day, they were wargaming what... The, what the press was going to have to deal with when it came to people like you or me, where we were saying, <laughs> look, this is doing more harm than good. We're going to end up killing more people through famine and everything else. And they wargamed how the, the press was going to have to, you know, deprogram everybody from that. But it's true we are strapping our children to a train that the the rails don't exist very far down the, the, the track. 
And it is a, it's a disaster of biblical proportions. It's a disaster for the entire world. I want to keep people safe. But in Texas, we've had 17 deaths per, 17 deaths per million. Okay. This is not New York City. Um, in Idaho, they've had 51 deaths total in the state of Idaho. They're locked down. They're arresting people for going to the park. It's insane. We have to say, all right, here are the people who are vulnerable. You quarantine the sick. You quarantine the vulnerable. Everyone else, we've got to keep the trains on, on the track. Yeah. We've got work to do. We, you know, in, the, in World War II, women went out to work. Why? Because the men had to go out and fight. So women did something that women had never done before. They went in and worked in big factories, making airplanes and driving rivets, never before done. Why? Because they had to keep the engine running. We got to get the engine back. And I believe there are a lot of people that feel like me. I don't want to die. I don't have a death wish. I don't want to kill anyone. I don't want any more people to die. I just happen to believe that turning the engines off of this country are, is going to kill many more people. And if it be if it's me that has to die, because like the Chernobyl firemen, I went in to fight the fire so it didn't kill everybody else, I'll do it. And I think a lot of Americans feel that way. Glenn, how, I mean, we, as you talk about, we're trying to balance public health and this, and then you get to politics and you get to people who are trying to power grab. How long, and we're already seeing some pushback, do you think the citizens as a whole will put up with this? I, I think they're going to give uh, the president to April the 30th, like he had asked for. And I think after that, they're going to demand that we get back out and take our chances, so to speak. Uh, I think it's all going to depend on the, the numbers. Um, I, I don't think people are protesting because they, uh, they want to go to work. Some do. Uh, some understand that we took a 747 flying at 40,000 feet and just turned the engines off right. and said, hey, by the way, we'll turn them on before we hit the ground. Never been done before, but I'm sure we'll... And the, the altimeter is out too, but we can see the ground coming. We'll turn them. We'll be fine. Um, it's a serious topic, but I can't help but laugh. It's a great analogy. About you, it's a great analogy. Laughing at your presentation, yeah. not how serious the subject is. Right. Uh, so that's never been done before, but I don't think people really understand the impact of, of what we've done until we actually start to go back to work and we see, oh my gosh, 20% unemployment, that's, that's riot territory kind of stuff. I think what they're protesting right now is being treated like a child. Yeah. Um, how dare you? How dare you? If I go into my, get into my car and I want to take a drive, a Sunday drive and take my family and just drive around and look at things because we've been in the house for three weeks <laughs> and I'm not getting out of my car, how dare you stop me and give me a ticket this is my country. I'm a responsible citizen. I'm a responsible human being. You can't tell me um, hard scientific fact. I just read something today. 
I read two articles from two separate studies, two separate universities. One said that what we've done is nothing. It's not enough. It won't work. We're doomed and we've doomed the economy. The other one said, we've just doomed the economy because everything we've done, uh, we've done too much and we didn't need to do any of it. So who are you to make the decision that my children now are going to be strapped to a debt no one will ever be able to pay? Who are you to say that the guy who worked his whole life and went out and started a business and wasn't a big success, but was making it, and you told him that he had to close, you took his dream away, his right to pursue happiness, he would have gone out of business anyone anyway because everyone is smart. They would have said, I don't know, that's a crowded place. There's a disease going on. We probably shouldn't go into a crowded place right now. They're just taking it from us and then they're treating us like children. Can't go do anything, can't go buy a gun, but by the way, a lottery ticket, that's absolutely essential. Yeah, the lottery, the well, and, and and you hit on it. We had, and I think you hit on it too. But we had, you know, a guy who called our show, and he's one hundred percent right. He said the problem I have is, and it's what you just said. He said is it's arbitrary. Yes. He, he said the way I run my business, I could do exactly the same thing the grocery store is doing, that that yep. Home Home Depot and Lowe's are doing, uh, that yep. the, that the library is doing, that the liquor store is doing, that uh, that the that the convenience store is doing, that the pharmacy is doing. I could do exactly the same thing and I'm forbidden to open. So Michigan, I have a friend who has uh, kidney failure, needs to have his kidneys uh, replaced. He was supposed to go in for um, uh, cancer surgery because they just found early a growth on both of his kidneys. Mm. Hasn't spread anywhere else. It's a death sentence if it spreads anywhere else because he cannot take any kind of chemotherapy. So in Michigan, he can't have that surgery. It's not essential for him to have that surgery, but abortion is. Um, you can't you can't build a house. You can't have any kind of construction or landscaping done in Michigan. However, the state construction is still going on. The state is still having their landscaping done. What is this? Right. That's why Americans are upset. Right. It, asking us to flush our lives, our hopes, our dreams down. We're willing to do it, but you're not consistent. You don't mean it. Look at these people. Um, who was it? Uh, George Stephanopoulos and Chris Cuomo, both of them making a big deal about how they're sacrificing and they're staying in and everybody should wear a mask. Both of them have been outside. Both yeah. of them were caught on camera, walking around, no mask, nothing. They just think they're special. That's not America. Yeah. And Nancy Pelosi, everything she's doing now with the ice cream and the freezer and all this, I, I, I hope the socialists are looking and saying, wait a minute. So what you're saying is socialism seems to be wonderful for the ruling class because they're going to live a different way than everybody else lives. And she, if, if Donald Trump and rightfully so, by the way, if Donald Trump had done anything remotely like what Nancy Pelosi oh did and was, and was showing his, 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 what, what he's got at the house and while people are, they would have been showing people in the, out there saying we can't eat this week. So I actually credit the president for, for doing that himself. They've Me edited too. together these things like they would have done him. 
And and yep. I want to touch on that. With we got about ten minutes left. You were a person that said Donald Trump. I I I don't think this is the right thing, but he's won you over. Uh, and I've heard you talk about that. So you, you've actually I, said, "Let's see how he does." And you said he's you're saying he's doing a good job. So here's where I was. I I watched Donald Trump from New York. And I am a big, actually a big fan of Donald Trump when it comes to getting things done in New York. Right. I've always said, I, I mean, I wanted him to rebuild the World Trade Centers. I said, you're going to have to give him 10 extra floors at the top just so he could have 10 stories that just say Trump. Right. But I'm okay with that. Right. He'll get it done. Um, and you, in living in New York, I'd watch his buildings. He would put up whole, I mean, five blocks of buildings, they'd be done before anybody else was finishing one building. I mean, I literally watched it happen over a five-year period. <laughs> you just don't want to ask him how he got it done. Right. <laughs> um, so I saw him as a guy who was always greasing the skids. He was always doing stuff, got stuff done, but, you know, yeah, play a little loose over here or over here. Okay, he's a businessman. Got it. I said, based on everything that we have seen from him, he's never said the things that he's saying right now during that election. He's never said anything close to it. In fact, all the stuff on record is the exact opposite. Right. So the only thing he believes in really is trade. And I don't necessarily agree with, you know, with tariffs. Right before the election, I said over and over again, look, there is no way no way this guy is going to do any of that. But if he does, I will be honest and I'll give him credit and I'll tell you, I don't have a thing against him. I just don't believe him. So when he came in, I had a whole laundry list. In fact, coronavirus was the only one left on my list because I said um, uh, during the campaign, there is going to be a depression and it's going to come, and it's probably going to come the last year of his uh, term because this is all bogus, and we're going to hit a depression. And when we do, this guy is going to make FDR look like a rookie. That was the last one on my list. Look at how he's defending rights. Look at how he's not telling companies what to do. He is, he is the exact opposite of FDR against all odds, against a, a populace that would really allow him to do it, he's not doing it. Um, every step of the way, the things I said he wouldn't do, and he said he would, he's done. It's the first time a politician has had the balls to actually say it and then go in and do it. I'm good with him. Yeah. I'll vote for him. You know, in our limited exposure to him, and but... It, it's been multiple, but limited. He, he takes great pride in doing what he says he's going to do. And I won't bore you with that story, but when he says he's going to come to your table and do your interview first, he means he's coming to that table. When oh, yeah. he says he's going to build a wall, he means it. There is no, I'm going to back up. So when he says we're going to do something, he is going to do everything in his power to do it. I do give him credit for that. So I, I, I haven't really talked about this. I think I maybe mentioned it once before, but never really got into it. Um, he called me about a year ago and he said, uh, hey, I just wanted to call you and thank you for 
the kind things that you've said about me. And I said, I said, Mr. President, I said, uh, I want you to know that, um, you know, I don't know if you remember this during the election. And he went, oh, no, I remember. <laughs> no, 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 not all the bad parts. I said, but I did say, I don't believe you're going to do any of them. But if you do, you'll be great. And I'll, I'll admit it. I said, so I'm only keeping to my word because you kept to your word. Um, and we talked for a, uh, for a while. And I told him, I said, uh, I don't remember what it was. I think it was with uh, China. And I said, I think I'm beginning to understand you with China. I said, the trade stuff, I'm not a fan of. However, China is a real threat. And I said, I know what you did with Tiffany's and you're doing that with China, aren't you? And he didn't say yes or no. He just said, good for you for knowing that. <laughs> and I don't know if you know no, the story. No, oh, we don't know the story with us. It is fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, and this is Donald Trump in a nutshell. This, you, once you know this story, you understand him with the media and everything else. Um, Donald Trump wanted to buy or wanted to build Trump Tower right there on Fifth Avenue. Okay, that's a big glass oh, yeah. tower, and it's a skyscraper and on those few blocks of Fifth Avenue, there are no skyscrapers, okay? They're shorter, older buildings. Well, Tiffany is on the block after Donald Trump's tower. And uh, Tiffany in New York, unlike other places, you not only buy uh, the plot of your building, but you have to buy the air rights. And so you can buy oh, up and out. Well, Tiffany, long time ago, bought their land, then built, and uh, then bought all the air rights above their building all the way across, all the way down Fifth Avenue for a couple of blocks, okay? So Donald Trump could not build that building. He had already purchased the land and he didn't have the air rights. Hmm. So he went to his, um, he went to his uh, architect and he said, look, I want you to build, I want you to draw out plans for two buildings. One, is the building, you know, the Trump Tower. I want you to make it look great and, you know, all the bells and whistles. He said, then I want you to build a four-story monstrosity. I want you to design the <laughs> ugliest damn building you could ever imagine. Something that is a scar on the history of New York and architecture. And uh, the, 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 the designer went, great, got it. So Trump walked into Tiffany's and he had those both plans and he pitched his tower and they didn't even look at him. They were so disgusted by all of this that you would bring a glass tower into this area uh, and that they didn't even really listen. And they, they, you know, watched the plans and stuff and they said, and uh, why would we want this tower? It'll be good for commerce. It'll be good for, you know, we'll make it. No, no. We have the air rights. You're not building it. He said, I thought you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> so let, let me show you what I'm going to build if you don't sell me the air rights. And he laid it out on the table and they looked at it horrified and they said, you won't build that. And he said, oh, yes, I will. And they knew him well enough to know when he says something like that, he's going to win. 
And he is crazy enough to do it. They said, absolutely not. And he said, well, you know what? I'm going to go back to the office. Call me. Call me in the next day if you change your mind. Uh, but tomorrow, I pull the trigger on one of these. He got back to the office. Uh, the phone was already on hold. Tiffany sold him the air rights because they knew he was going to do it. It's, it's Donald Trump. I, I, I did not know that story. So, so you said, and he did not confirm that's what he's doing to China, but he said, good for you for knowing that story. Yes. yes. <laughs> I didn't know you knew that story. Good for you for knowing that. Well, Glenn, our time is up. Uh, we could go on for hours. We could go on for yeah, hours. Uh, go to glennbeck.com or theblaze.com. Everything that Glenn's talked about, especially these things that he said, hey, we need to see this. But don't forget about his book either, Arguing with Socialists. Uh, it is uh, it is only in the voice that uh, God created once, and that's Glenn Beck. But there's a lot in there, and you'll be shocked at some of the things he's saying that here we are living. Uh, for a moment, I thought maybe Glenn Beck may be that fireman that said Donald Trump was going to win. <laughs> Uh, the, the, you remember the, the Rick, I got to ask one more question on the way out. Glenn, can you clarify this? Cause there's been a lot of talk. Is there any truth to the rumor? You're going to be the next Colonel Sanders. <laughs> can I tell you something? <laughs> I want that ad campaign so badly. I want, I've, 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 uh, threatened, uh, my staff. If we ever had time, I said to my staff, I want to produce a great Colonel Sanders commercial, and then, and then I want to promote, I want to do one where the Colonel has decided Chick-fil-A is the best. And I'm going to send them both to Colonel Sanders and say, I could be a spokesman for either one. Which You're doing one? the Donald Trump. Glenn. You're doing the Tiffany. You're doing the Tiffany. Yeah. It, Exactly right. <laughs> Glenn, thanks a lot. I'm glad. Thanks, Glenn. I'm glad. thanks for taking time to be with us. And when if we can ever be allowed by our overreaching government to travel again, we want to come out and see you or you come see us, one of the other. Oh, please, please. I've Thank already come to see you guys once. You guys are the best. Thanks, Thank man. you so much. It's, it's a pleasure and honor to work side by side with you now. That's too. Thank you. And thanks Bye-bye. to all of you that are joining Bye-bye. us today. And I hope you've enjoyed our visit with Glenn Beck on this edition of Rick and Bubba University. Do I get my diploma?